0: Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about unwanted kissing in the Bible. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about the kinds of kisses that you don't want. And the Bible is filled with kissing. In the cultural context it was written in, people kissed each other a whole lot more than we do today. It was a sign that you liked someone, that you appreciated someone. But even when kissing was more prevalent as a sign of friendly affection, there was some kissing that you just didn't want. You know, the story of Jacob in the book of Genesis gives us an example of this, where a kiss wasn't affectionate. It was used to take advantage over someone. You know, Jacob tricked his brother and his life was in danger because of it. Esau wanted to kill him in Genesis chapter 27 for stealing his inheritance. And so Jacob fled to his uncle's house to find shelter there. And in Genesis chapter 29, Jacob arrives at his uncle Laban's house, greeting him uh, with a kiss. In verse 13, we're told, as soon as Laban heard the news about Jacob, his sister's son, he hurried to meet him. He embraced him And kissed him and brought him to his home. And there Jacob told him all these things. And then Laban said to him, You are my own flesh and blood. But despite what he says here in Genesis, this kiss was not one of affection or love for a a relative. It was the kiss of a man who was trying to fool Jacob. Laban saw in Jacob someone he could take advantage of. And so he did for 20 years, making Jacob into a slave. You know, some kisses. Are the tool of people who want to take advantage of others. And then in Proverbs, we're told of the kisses of an adulteress. Proverbs 7 tells us about a woman who caught the attention of a young man and she took hold of him and it says, kissed him, and with a, a brazen face said, I came out to meet you. I looked for you and I found you. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deep of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not at home. He has gone on a long journey. Proverbs 7, 13 through 19. You know, her kisses, they should have been unwanted. She was married. But the young man goes with her. And the writer of Proverbs warns us of doing the same. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Proverbs 7, 25 through 27. So there are some kisses of people who'd like to take advantage of you. There's others like this kiss of the adulteress. But then there are kisses of people who just don't like you, and they use kissing as a way to betray you. you know, a vivid instance of that is found in 2 Samuel chapter 20, where a general uh, in a rebellion against King David named Amasa was seemingly related to another general in David's army named Joab. And when Joab met Amasa out in an open area, Joab pretended to be affectionate towards Amasa, as his family should— and 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 9 says, Then he took Amasa by the beard with his right hand to kiss him. Something you do out of affection. But then he took out his dagger and he stabbed him to death. He used kissing as a way to betray the trust of a mass. And of course, there's the most famous kiss of all, which Judas used to betray Christ. Matthew 26, 48 through 50 tells us, Now the betrayer, meaning Judas, had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. And going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and kissed him. And Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came for. And then the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, and arrested him. There are some kisses that you simply don't want. And people will use their affection to destroy you. Now, in our culture, we don't kiss very often. It it makes us uncomfortable. We like to keep a a good distance from each other because we've learned maybe from our our ancestors' past. They got uh, some bad breaks when they kissed each other. And we can see some pretty dramatic examples of the dangers of kissing here, let alone the germs that go with it. But back when the Bible was written, an enemy could have kissed you to deceive you into believing that he actually liked you, uh, that he was your friend, that he wanted to help you. Of course, he didn't, though. But he'd like you to think that. But back in Bible times, enemies could kiss you to fool you. But now, if my enemy comes up to kiss me, I'm not going to be fooled. I I may feel uncomfortable, but I won't be fooled. But the legacy of Joab's backstabbing lives on. You know, while kissing today doesn't get the job done, flattery will. Flattery works in the same way because it taps into our pride. It appeals to a vain image we make of ourselves. Flattery works and it can be used against you. The Bible warns us about people who use this unwanted kiss of flattering. Like in Proverbs 26 24, we're told a malicious man disguises himself with his lips. But his heart he harbors deceit. Through his speech, or though his speech is charming, do not believe him. For seven abominations fill his heart. His malice may be concealed by deception, but his wickedness will be exposed in the assembly. Jude 116 says that there are wicked people out there who will boast about themselves and flatter others for their advantage. Even people who are supposed to be Christians can do this to you. Romans 16, 18 says, For such people are not serving our Lord Christ, presumably as they claim, but their own appetites. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. A flatterer gets you to trust them, and then they betray you, just like Joab did to Mamassa. They grab you by the beard, they give you a kiss, and then they stab you in the back with the other hand. So how do we respond to this deceitful flattery? Jesus said, you've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. Again, he said, love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back in Luke six thirty-five, Paul wrote, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head, Romans twelve twenty. So the Bible tells us first, flattery is the mark of an enemy. Don't trust a flatterer. Don't let them appeal to your pride. They are trying to sneak into your life to take advantage of you, You like Laban did to Jacob. Or or maybe they're trying to lead you away from righteousness, like the adulteress did to the young man. But second, yes, uh, a flatterer is an enemy, but we are to love them. Their words of affection, they may not be true, but yours should be. Shower them with love, even if they're in the process of hurting you. Christ called us to show extraordinary forgiveness, even when our enemies are trying to give us the kiss of death, because that's what he showed to us. In, in Luke six thirty five. Jesus said, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Our father is merciful. Judas gave Jesus the kiss of death, handing him over to his enemies, leading him to his undeserved death, and Judas didn't give Jesus the opportunity to forgive. But Judas wasn't the only one who betrayed Jesus that week. The other 11 disciples, after showering him with love and devotion and kisses, they abandoned him in this time of need. Worst of all of them was Peter, who denied Jesus three times. And Jesus knew all along that he would be betrayed, that the kisses of these disciples would ultimately be traded in for betrayal. But Jesus didn't retaliate, He didn't seek a way to strike at them first. He showered them with love, even when He knew they would eventually betray Him. He showed forgiveness, He was merciful. And his example shows us that mercy and love, uh, the kind that he demands, it has temporal consequences. Jesus died on the cross because of this betrayal, yet it promises eternal reward. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. Hey, thanks for watching this episode of Rooted Daily. We're praying that you're growing with us as we study the Bible and use God's Word as our only foundation. If you appreciate this content and want to make sure that others see it, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app and hit the share button. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Jesus, shoot me an email to brandon at Daily.com right now.